Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Couch Sports Podcast. Here today with Jordan Dyer, no Max, just Jordan today. Here for a little Super Bowl recap uh, and a little prediction, a little, little uh, di- dive into the future to see who uh, possibly we like making it to the big game next year. But Jordan, uh, thank you for coming on. Yeah, excited to be here. Awesome game we saw. One of the one of the greater Super Bowls uh, in recent memory for sure. Um, unreal game, 38-35 Chiefs. Uh, they get the win on a last-minute field goal, last-second field goal by Bucker. Um, Jordan, I don't, know, I don't know where you want to start with this game. I think we should start with uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, man, he proved once again that he is the best quarterback and the best football player on planet Earth. Uh, gutsy, gutsy player, uh, overcame in another ankle roll. Um, and you know better than anyone. Once you roll that ankle and it's and it's sensitive, you do it a, even a little bit again. It it fucking hurts a lot. Uh, so just talk about his performance a little bit and just you know, his greatness. Yeah, Mahomes. I mean, like you said, he proved for I don't know if this is the tenth or the twentieth or the hundredth time that he's the best player in the league. I think he, and this is hard to say as a Brady fan. I think he's the best player we've ever seen. Um. I, I think he's on track to catch Brady in the GOAT debate, and that's going to be painful if that end, ends up happening. But he played almost a perfect game of football. He I think he played a perfect second half. I don't think he made a mistake. Um, He really – he didn't try to do too much ever, took what the defense gave him. Um, And then a, a couple of those scrambles, man. The scramble the scramble at the end was just gutsy and, and unreal. I think it was for like 25 yards on a, on a hurt ankle, so – yeah, I agree. I mean, he's he's on his he's on his own level. And I think you can debate whatever you want after Mahomes. I like Burrow at number two, but it I won't hear any any debates for who's number one right now. Yeah, I, I don't even think it's close. But I, I'm gonna argue that Mahomes actually played a perfect game. Uh twenty one for twenty seven, hundred and eighty two yards and three touchdowns, only threw the ball twenty seven times. The Eagles kept him off the field for pretty much the entire second quarter. Uh, and the Chiefs scored obviously on the the scoop and score. Um, in 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 the first half, it seemed like the Eagles were fully in control. Uh, they were keeping Patrick Mahomes off the field, forcing quick quick three and outs. Uh, and their offense was just chewing a ton of time off the clock. They were uh, the Eagles converted some absurd third downs uh, and fourth downs as well. I think the fourth down conversions early in the games, um, really, I, I thought the Eagles had it. I really thought I really thought they did. Um, they played an unbelievable first half, but man, they could not stop a nosebleed in the second half. Neither team really could. Uh, but yeah. the Chiefs got a few key necessary stops when needed, uh, forcing the third down and um, forcing the Eagles to punt a couple times late in the late in the second half. That ultimately, you know, gave them the ball enough to to for them to win the game. But uh, let's talk about Jalen Hurts a little bit. Even though, despite the loss, he I he could honestly be in discussion for number two quarterback in the league, three touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns, uh, one fumble, one passing touchdown to AJ Brown, 27 for 38 for 304 yards. I mean, and, and 15 rushes for 70 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, the guy was unbelievable. Also, he had the octopus for those that don't know. The octopus is when the person who scores a touchdown also converts two point conversion. Uh, that was like plus 1500, I think. And someone we know put like $175 on it and made like three grand or something like that. So absurd athlete. Uh, Jordan, talk about his performance a little bit. Yeah, we just said Mahomes played pretty much perfect game. I think Hertz played just as good of a game aside from one play being the fumble uh, for six. And it, it, it was it was amazing to see, though, 
after that fumble and literally giving the Chiefs a free seven points, how he responded and how he came back and continued to play out of his mind. Ran the ball amazing, as as we ex- expected, but I think he showed that he can really throw it. That throw to A.J. Brown on that touchdown, um, the deep ball was absolutely beautiful, perfect placement, and he made throws all day. Um, the one to Goddard on the sideline I thought was amazing as well. Um yeah, he just he played amazing. I agree. I think he's in the conversation for number two. Um, but yeah, I, I think also he showed a lot of a leadership and toughness, um, mental toughness to just fight through a, a, a huge play like losing that fumble and, and being able to come back and play the way he did. Yeah, he was he was phenomenal. I want to talk about uh the Eagles receiving core a little bit because they had an absolute day. Devontae Smith had seven catches for a hundred yards and what should have been a touchdown. And then A.J. Brown had six catches for 96 yards and a touchdown. These are some elite fucking receivers. Devontae Smith with his speed uh, is absolutely lethal. And A.J. Brown, I know we talked about this watching the game together. We talked about this with the people in the room, the guys in the room. The ball awareness, A.J. Brown's ball awareness on, on those deep balls is unbelievable. I mean, his ability to keep his eyes on the ball the whole time and adjust his body, turn his body, uh, and making plays is unreal. His route running, obviously, is is something that we know uh, has been incredible all year in his strength as well. But that I mean his awareness of where he is and where the ball is going is ridiculous. Devontae Smith, I love him. Uh, Goddard also had an absolute game. He had two unreal catches. Uh, he had one that went for like five yards, but he absolutely caught it over the guy's head top. And then obviously that pivotal uh, helmet catch-esque play as well. Um, that was obviously really, really impressive too. But um, let's talk about the winners, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, it seems like Andy Reid just made every correct adjustment at halftime. That team came out, and the Eagles just had no answer. Yeah, to me, everyone's giving Mahomes a ton of props, and Kelsey and Tony played a great game, and I, I understand it. I think this game was more about Andy Reid than it was about anyone else. I, I think the play calling and the game planning – was just it was an absolute show um Mahomes obviously played great but he's thrown a guys who don't have anyone within 10 yards of him like half of these plays two touchdowns the one to Tony and to Sky Moore there they were uncovered touchdowns and that's all Andy Reid I watched um actually I think both of these were like a, a fake motion and then the guy running back the other way which was set up earlier in the game and set up all season by the Chiefs who run a ton of motion um, pre-snap and almost always, you know, cross the center. Um, but then in this game, they came back and and burned their guys twice, just easy plays from home. So the run game looked great too. Um, they ran a counter, I think, on like a third and one or fourth and one that like just broke loose um, through, through a wide open hole. That was awesome. So I think Mahomes played great. But I really think the the offensive game plan and the play calling made it really easy for him to play great. He didn't have to make a ton of tough throws. Um, like I said, he made uh, a great run and, and a, a couple of great plays, obviously. But he didn't have to do too much um, like we saw him have to do or try to do against the Bucs. So I think Andy Reid actually learned a lot from lose, losing to the Bucs. And if you remember that game, their O-line just got completely dominated. Mahomes had no time. Um, you know, no one was open down the field. So this game we saw a ton of quick hitters. Um, you know, didn't let the Eagles D line, who has been phenomenal all year, um, impact the game at all. So I think Andy Reid right now is the clear best coach in the league. 
Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I want to give a shout-out to the Chiefs' O-line. They dominated what was supposed to be the best defensive line in the NFL. Um, You know, Pacheco, 15 rushes for 76 yards and a touchdown. Mahomes, five rushes for 44 – six rushes for 44 yards. McKinnon, four for 34, and then Sky Moore, one for four. I mean, it just seemed like they were just gaping holes every time Pacheco touched the ball. And Pacheco ran like a fucking freight train, a, a fast freight train too. I mean, he is – quick he can cut really fast he's also just absurdly strong breaks tackles really easily loved what i saw from pacheco definitely a guy that i think the chiefs are going to want to hold on to i definitely think he could be the running back of the future for this team uh but the the o-line of the chiefs just creating holes all day giving mahomes time but uh, i think the majority of the credit goes to uh goes to andy Reid for dialing up the game plan at halftime really switching things up and and they were pretty much they were unstoppable in the second half yeah, absolutely. They, they played. They were just whenever they had the ball, it, it was like no hope for for an Eagles fan, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. One thing I do want to talk about, though, and I want to get your opinion on this, is it seemed like the Eagles were just kind of getting by. Like they were just they they didn't seem to dominate the Chiefs offensively, but they seemed to just kind of get like a couple of big breaks, like a third and 14 conversion, or like a fourth and five conversion or the deep ball to AJ that could have, you know, easily been picked or deflected, like something like that. Um, do you think that the Eagles play that great of a game, like from a coaching perspective and gameplay perspective, or do you think that uh, they kind of just got lucky with a few plays, not lucky. Uh, it's not the right word, but, they kind of relied on a few just big plays uh, and not consistent production on offense. No, I'm not. I'm not taking anything away from what the Eagles did. I thought offensively they were absolutely amazing. Defensively, we we can have a different conversation. But offensively, um, love the play calling. The QB sneak, obviously, that's been a thing all year. And Sirianni going for it every time um, on fourth down, that's been a thing all year. He stuck to it. It it worked. Um, the QB draw a couple of those calls do like going back to that multiple times and, and having it be there. I thought that was great. Especially um, on the fourth and five. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, um, hurts, you know, the, the deep ball to AJ, I, I just, I can't call that a lucky play. I think that's, you have the better receiver and you, you have a quarterback who can make that throw. I think that you can't take that away. Um, so yeah, I think the Eagles played absolutely great. Honestly, the fumble really changed this game when you look back at it and it's it's tough to like put put the whole game on one play but that's that's the biggest game changing play that i think happened yeah when it was the only turnover of the game and and it seemed like nobody could stop anyone that one turnover carries an absurd amount of weight uh when looking at the game as a whole but nevertheless it was an unbelievable super bowl but now we have a team we have two teams we have the chiefs who can easily are geared up to just do it again next year. And now you have the Eagles who have their franchise quarterback and Jalen Hurts, but they have a lot of moving pieces this offseason. Um, where do you see this team next year, Jordan? Yeah, so I just I just praise the Eagles offense a lot, but there's no denying that defense got absolutely torched and a little bit exposed. Um, they were thought to be the best defense or – uh, a top three defense probably um, going into these playoffs and even going into this game, we all thought they were going to at least give the chiefs some, some sort of trouble, but it was just, it was like butter for the chiefs. So 
the defense needs some work and they have a ton of free agents. I don't know who they're going to be able to bring back. I love their D line. I don't care that they, they didn't get a sack and and they kind of got pushed around um, against the chiefs. I think that's game plan. And I think that's the chiefs just outplaying them and that's okay. But their, their D line is, I do think it's still the best in the league. Their secondary is what I think needs work and what I think they need to make some changes on. And they're going to lose a couple guys. I think they're going to lose their safety. So if they can, that's fine. Like if they can replace a couple guys in the secondary and upgrade there, they're going to be in good shape. The struggle is the D linemen who are free agents. So I think it's, it's hard to say right now um, how far they can go. I think they're still going to have a great roster. I would probably have them number two in the NFC going into next year. Behind who? I I like the Niners. Yeah, I mean, how could you not? I mean, they, you know, bust a quarterback away from from going back to the Super Bowl. Um, but just to give you guys a perspective of these free agents we're talking about, um, defensive tackle Fletcher Cox, free agent. Uh, defensive end Robert Quinn, free agent. Brandon Graham, free agent. Uh, Javon Hargrave, free agent. Jason Kelsey, free agent. Bradbury, um, let's see, Nadama King Sue, Zach Pascal, Boston Scott, Linval Joseph, Miles Sanders, Gardner Minshew, that doesn't really matter. Uh, Tyree Jackson, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, uh, like they have a they have a lot of free agents, a lot of yeah. big names that were huge for the defense this year. That you know they can't pay everyone, they really can't. Yeah, right. And, and well, you got to pay Hargrave and Fletcher Cox. They should try to do everything they can to bring back. I think now I think the safety's name is Gardner Johnson, and. Yeah. Bradbury, who we all know is the guy who who got the hold. Um, if they lose those guys and have to replace them in the draft or or with a trade or with free agency, I think they'll be all right. Yeah, I agree. Let's talk about that holding call for a sec. Um, obviously, a, a call that changed the that I don't want to say changed the outcome, but kind of solidified the game a little bit in a way, uh, in a pretty obvious way, actually. Yeah. Um, obviously, tough call to make, but. You kind of had Juju in, uh, you know, one-on-one coverage, and, and it was a clear hole. But do you, you know, if you're the ref, do you still make that call? Ten out uh, of ten times. I don't. I I think it is a hold. Um, but I think they let that play go, probably thirty other times throughout the game. So to to end the game on something like that, that if that's a different ref. If that's, you know, if you have 10 refs in that spot, I think five of them make that call. Right. So if, if it's a question of whether or not it's a penalty, then I just don't think you can throw the flag. Um, but with that said, it you can obviously see that that is a hold. So it's it's just interesting because holding happens on every play. I'm a firm believer holding happens every play. And they can't call holding every play because then we wouldn't have a game. So I would I would have let that go because of the situation. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I, the only reason why I think that it was called was because, and you know Brady was phenomenal at this too. Mahomes threw in that direction. Yeah, like if Mahomes looks on the other side of the field and throws it right on the other side of the field, I don't think that get, that gets called. That's true. I really don't. I I really think that that flag was thrown because it was a hold and it directly and Mahomes was looking that way or threw the ball in that general vicinity. Like yeah. just because Mahomes did that, that's what I think triggered the flag. Right. If Mahomes he, throws like, it out the back the of the end zone, is, I don't think it's called. I don't think it's a hold to the point where 
Juju was scoring a touchdown. I I don't. I think it would have been. I still I still don't think Juju gets to that ball. Honestly, not so, not not where Mahomes put it. Uh, yeah, but I I don't think he would have been open. Mahomes would have had to throw a really really tight ball. Not yeah. saying that he couldn't have done it, but I don't think he would have done it in that situation. Uh, obviously, he would have rather you know air it out a little bit, and if it's a little long, fine. They kick the field goal. Yeah. But I mean, it was an incredible game from start to finish. Um, absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal. I game. do think um, the the way the Eagles actually came out and handled it was very professional, and yeah. they were like, "Yeah, it, it whatever." Like I, Bradbury himself was like, "It was a hold." I just I thought they'd let it go. So <laughs> because they let it go throughout, you know, the yeah. entire season, and the refs have been a have been a talking point uh, for pretty much the entire year. Goodell came out and said that they've never been better, which is fucking absurd to say. Um, I don't think we've seen, and you know what? Overall, the refs might be better than they've ever been, but the way they've impacted games has never been greater. They are impacting outcomes of games so much, and they're just, whether it's the right call or not, you, you can't have the refs being the reason that a team wins or loses. And obviously the, the Eagles are you know came out and said, you can't pin it all on one play, you can't pin it all on one play, and who knows what would have happened if the Eagles got the ball back uh, with time on the clock, who knows, but, you know, you just can't have refs continuously uh, impacting the outcome of games. We saw it in the um, Chiefs game as well as uh, the Chiefs AFC Championship game as well as the Super Bowl. Yeah. But who, switching topics a little bit here, who could you see in the big game next year? Who do you think is going to make it? Yeah, so last year going into this season, I was Chiefs-Rams. And I quickly saw after like three weeks that the Rams were an absolute shit show and that was never happening. They were Uh, horrendous this year. So, yeah. So I pivoted to the Niners and I liked that all the way um, up until obviously they lost in the in the NFC championship or was it the divisional? I don't even know. They lost in the divisional round. to the. Okay, But yeah, yeah, to the. No, no, they lost in the wild card. They lost in the wild card at home. The Niners? Oh, no. Niners lost in the NFC Championship. Yeah. Yeah. Niners lost NFC Championship. Sorry. 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 Yes. Um, so, yeah. I'm I'm just thinking with the Niners, even with all this QB uncertainty, I'm actually seeing reports now that they might roll with Purdy as the starter going into next year. And I'm completely fine with that. I think Purdy showed enough for me that he can, he can be as good as Jimmy G or better. So and with that roster and with how uh, how well their schemes are and and their defense, I like the Niners to come out of the A- NFC. Um, in the AFC, I will never pick against the Kansas City Chiefs for for as long as Mahomes and Andy Reid are there. I don't think I can like pick any other specific team to beat the Chiefs in a given year. I think they just won the Super Bowl in a year where their receiving core was like. St- thought to be decimated after they lost Tyreek Hill and they scrapped for Juju Smith-Schuster, who was not supposed to be very good. They signed Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like they won the Super Bowl in a rebuilding year. So they're not getting any worse. And also Mahomes played hurt for half the playoffs. So they're not going to get any worse. Um, the I do think the AFC – the three-headed monster with the Bengals, the Bills, and the Chiefs. It's hard to win that every year while those three quarterbacks are all playing there. There's going to be years where it, the bounces just don't go your way. Um, but as of right now, I, I can't I can't take any 
other team over the Chiefs. Yeah, last year I fell for the bait. Uh, I took the Bills and the Vikings to play in the Super Bowl. Uh, the Vikings were the biggest frauds all year. Uh, I said I said my prediction like you know a couple games in, uh, like five weeks in I think, uh, and it was clear by the end of the season that the Vikings were complete frauds. Um, and the Bills obviously, they were an interesting team. They just absolutely collapsed, man. They they, uh, McDermott had a really tough postseason. Um, almost I think Josh was, Allen struggled more than people thought he would too. He struggled a lot. Uh, he wasn't making really good decisions. Uh, he was forcing balls where he didn't need to. Yeah. Um, trying to do too much with his legs. I just think he was simply trying to do too much. Um, and, and, and it ultimately led to their demise. But I, I think I have to go with the Chiefs in the AFC as well. Uh, it's kind of literally almost, which is scary to say, you alluded to this earlier in the pod. It's almost a Brady-Belichick scene where it's yeah. like you can't bet against them right now. You really can't. Um, but you made a good point about how the Bengals or the Bills, if the Bills ever figured out, I think they could be absolutely deadly. Yeah, I think any given any given year or any given game, the Bills or the Bengals can beat the Chiefs. Agreed, agreed. Uh, but if we're just looking at it from a general perspective, I don't see either of those teams being better than the Chiefs right now. Uh, yeah. especially if they make some moves in the offseason to beef up that receiving core a little bit, um, and and keep Pacheco, uh, who's obviously a crucial part to this team. Uh, I could see them running it back in the AFC and in the NFC. I'm going to go with the Niners as well. Um, I think the NFC gets a li- lot weaker now after the Eagles get worse. Um, even though they're going to be probably still the second best team in the NFC, I still think they get worse. Um, and, and the NFC as a whole gets worse. I think the Niners, if they manage to stay healthy, will be a um, definite favorite in the NFC. And one thing I want to talk about too um, Kittle came forward and said it was Brock Purdy's job to lose, or he thinks it should be Brock Purdy's job to lose, which I completely agree with. I want to get your opinion on that. Do you think that they should stick with Purdy? I think that I think it should be a competition. I think they should do the whole training camp QB competition, and whoever they deem to play better can start. Um, but it's going to be interesting. I is I think Jimmy's leaving. I I guess he's a free agent. Yeah, I mean, right? Yeah. They signed him to a one year deal, and now he's he's a free agent. Yeah, so if it was between Brock and Jimmy, I would understand if they went with Jimmy. If they end up going with Lance, that will surprise and kind of disappoint me because I think Purdy definitely earned it. Purdy definitely earned it, but do you still think they think that they could get there with Lance? I mean, we didn't see a ton of them. We saw one game think, and a half. Or no, game and a I don't think. Um, I don't think they could this upcoming year with Lance because I think it's going to be a learning curve for him. He's extremely talented he has a great arm and he has great legs um but purdy fits like a glove in the system and i don't think lance actually does i thought he would fit better um i think lance if they if they had like three or two or three years with lance um to contend then maybe they would do that but in the nfl you want to win if you if you have a roster to win you want to win now yeah there's no point in having a solid roster and and putting it on the back burner to try and develop a quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Because getting a um, Super Bowl roster is impossible in the NFL. It's so yeah, it's so hard. But let's talk a little bit about the NFC as a whole cuz it's kind of weird. What what are your feelings on the Cowboys cuz they were a trendy pick going in these playoffs. I thought they were a legit team and and they they still have, you know, uh they're they're in a good spot, I think. What do you think? Yeah, I think they're in a really good spot too. Uh but at the end of the day, I don't think that Prescott is a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. 
I really don't think that he has what it takes to win a Super Bowl. Um, he just makes way too many mistakes. I think he led the league in yeah. interceptions last year, despite missing what five games, something like that. Yeah, like that's absurd. That shouldn't that you can't win a Super Bowl with with those statistics and and playing that way. Um, but I, I, you know, I like the Cowboys. I think they're good, but at the end of the day, I still think that they're going to be the Cowboys and they're going to find a way to fuck it up. But the NFC, like I said earlier, is just not as strong. The AFC is yeah, just the... a fucking juggernaut, man. Yeah. Are you all out on the Vikings? I'm all out on the Vikings. Uh, they were completely fraudulent. Um, and, and, and I mean, they got beat by the giants at home who just yeah. got absolutely smushed by the Eagles who were you know, arguably the best team in the NFL, but still, like, it just shows that there was two good teams. There were two good teams in the NFC this year. It was the Eagles and the Niners. Nobody yeah, else I, was that good. Yeah. Nobody else could I'm touch throw, I'll throw one more team out there as a dark horse. Um, it, I think the Rams got completely decimated by injuries this year with Stafford and Cup. Um, obviously, they weren't doing well with those guys when they were playing, but they they do have a chance now to go in the offseason and, and revamp the O-line, which was their main struggle. It will be it's it's definitely not a definite that Stafford comes back the same. But let's say he does. I think they make a couple O-line moves, then they can be right back there. Other than that, though, I'm not seeing a whole lot uh, on this NFC side. I'm going to throw out a team in the AFC that I think could get in the mix. Two teams in the AFC that I think could really make a jump this year. And they were really good last year, but I think they could make a bigger jump this year. Uh, the Chargers and the Jaguars. I yeah. think the Jaguars um, and the Chargers, I think they're going to have a much better season this year. Uh, the Chargers seem to have figured something out, and though they, they too were um, definitely decimated by injuries. Keenan Allen missed so many fucking games. They were hurt for so much of the first half of the season, uh, but they really figured it out towards the end and obviously choking the playoff lead. I think Staley has to go for them to make that big jump to, like, to, the, to the next level. Like we're talking – uh, Bengals, Bills, Chiefs, like to get in that caliber. I think they need a way better coach. But talent wise, I, I, I don't. I think they're there. Talent wise, yeah, uh, I, I agree too. And for the Chargers, they just got uh got rid of their OC, who was a uh the offensive play calling this year was just clearly a big issue. Um, I always blamed Staley. They got rid of their their OC and they brought in Kellen Moore, who I think is a huge big time hire for them. He's a great, great OC. Um, yeah, I think I think that's gonna help. Herbert and the offense a ton. I I still like you. I have a ton of questions about Staley, but I do love that Chargers pick. And for the Jags, Trevor Lawrence is another guy who you could throw him right in the argument for the second best quarterback in the league. And, and same with Herbert. Like these as long as you have a a quarterback that's that good, you're going to have a chance. Agreed. Um let's let's talk about the Kellen Moore situation a little bit. Obviously, uh, play caller for the um, Cowboys past couple of years. Uh, their offense was absurdly explosive last year. Um, you know, dealing with Pollard and Zeke, they absolutely decimated teams. Um, what do you think Kellen Moore is going to bring to the Chargers? Just a, an element of unpredictability that they have been lacking since Herbert's been in the league. It seems whenever I watch the Chargers play, they move the ball Um because Herbert makes great throws and because they have a ton of talent with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, but they have almost no pre-snap motion or like trickery going on. And there's just, it, it just seems so predictable when you get them in like a, 
in like a third and eight or a third and nine, it's almost like they have no chance of of converting it. So I think Kellen Moore is going to bring a whole lot of of new like motion and sets of plays um, that Herbert hasn't been given at, since he's been in the league. So I completely agree with that. The Cowboys, on the other hand, losing Kellen Moore brought in this guy Brian uh, something Scott Meyer Scott Meyer or whoever yeah. the hell he is. Uh, I don't know much about him, um, but do you, do you know any, do you know anything about him? No, I don't. I don't know. So what happened with Kellen Moore? Did he leave or did they get rid of him? I think he left. Uh, uh, Kellen Moore, I do believe, left. Uh, but the Cowboys, this guy, announced that – the Cowboys, Um, this was earlier uh, last year, announced that veteran coach Brian Scott Meyer – I, I really hope I'm pronouncing that right. Who served as team consultant during the 22 season has been hired as the new offensive coordinator. Um, so I, I I don't know anything about this guy, but I, I think a fresh face for Dak Prescott could be big for him. Um, someone that could help just limit the mistakes. That's all you got to do with Dak Prescott. If Dak Prescott can limit the mistakes, then I think they could be really good because they have so much fucking talent and their defense is so goddamn good. If they can limit mistakes and limit turnovers, I think they could be a Super Bowl contender uh, or at least um, a contender in the NFC for sure. Yeah, and I don't think – I think like you said, the the problem with Dak, he's not the most talented or absurdly talented guy like like a Trevor Lawrence or Herbert or Mahomes or Allen, but he has a, a good arm and he can he can make uh, good plays. It's all his brain. It's all, all mental stuff um, and decision-making, so – yeah, I agree. I think we'll we'll see um what what this new guy can do and and if it's a fixable problem or if Dak is just a bad decision maker. Alrighty, to wrap up the show, I want you to throw out a team in the AFC and the NFC who is not a favorite but could absolutely make some noise this year. All right, the AFC. Let me see. I'll go with ooh. I'm gonna go with the Dolphins. I I I think um, Mike McDaniel really struggled in his playoff debut, and I I I still believe in him as a as a really good coach. It's concerning with Tua, um, his health, but while Tua was on the field, they were one of the best teams every week they played. So um, I like the Dolphins. Do you believe so in Tua? On I I healthy think, Tua? On I don't I don't know if he can stay healthy, but that's like the unpredictability is if he stays healthy, I think they can, I, I think they can pull up a big upset. Alrighty. And out of the NFC, um, out of the NFC, how about these giants, man? Daniel Jones, him? Daniel Jones found what he needed with Brian Dayball as did this entire giants roster, but they, they need to go out, out in free agency and get some legit receivers. And it's really upsetting that they uh, let Kadarius Tony go because now he's in a situation where he, I think he's going to ball out next year. Um, but the Giants, I think Daniel Jones played great last year, obviously. I don't know if that's his ceiling or if he's going to get better. If he gets even better, then they can really uh, give some some top teams some trouble and, and maybe scare someone or knock someone out of the playoffs. But I'm a huge Brian Dayball believer. And he, Brian Dayball, made me into a Daniel Jones believer. 
I, I completely agree with that. And it is interesting because I think that they could be a really, really good team if Daniel Jones could get just even the slightest bit better. Um, yeah. They could be, they could be some, a big problem. some weapons, dude. Yeah, they had zero offensive help. Their wide receiver core was just absolutely buns. I think Kenny Galladay caught his first touchdown as a, um, as a giant this yeah. year, which is unbelievable. Yeah, and he, I think he caught one touchdown all year. <laughs> yeah, and it was in the last game of the season. It was in the last yeah. game of the regular season against the Eagles. Uh, out of the AFC for me, give me the Titans. Uh, I think the Titans, I, I'm a huge Vrabel guy. I absolutely love Vrabel. Uh, and it's not just because he's a Patriot. I, I think he's an incredible coach. Um, I think he's the reason that they stayed afloat at 7-10, and 10, even despite losing Tannehill for so many games. Uh, they lost their last seven, but main, mainly because of Tannehill's absence. Uh, they were 7-3, and three, I mean, which is unbelievable before his injury. So if Tannehill can stay healthy, uh, I, I'm a big believer in Vrabel that they could, you know, they people forget last year, or I guess two seasons ago now, they were the one seed. Yeah. They were the fucking one seed in the AFC and lost at home to the Bengals on the last second field goal. Like, they're good. Like, they, they are still really good. Um, And I, and I expect them to get back there. Uh, I don't think it, with the strength that they got there the first time, but I still think they could be uh, definitely a high-seeded AFC team. Out of the NFC, give me the Lions. I think the Lions ended on a really, really, really strong note last year. Um. They played really fucking good towards the end of the season. That offense looked ridiculous all season, but their defense, I thought, figured something out really, really well uh, late. Um, they had some really huge wins. Being the Packers at Lambeau in a must-win game for Green Bay, where to the Lions it mean meant nothing, is an absurd feat, uh, possibly sending Aaron Rodgers into retirement, which is crazy to think. But um, Lions are definitely my team out of the NFC. I think that they can make a lot of noise uh, and definitely stir up some team, uh, stir up some shit. And definitely, like like you said, they could be a team that could, you know, knock off the Cowboys out of nowhere, or could yeah. you know upset the Giants, or just beat really good football teams in the playoffs. Uh, and, you know, and give themselves a chance. Yeah, I love the Lions pick. They also have. Because of the golf trade or the Stafford golf trade, they have a the, the sixth pick in the draft this year. Um, and they also, I think, have like uh, the 17th or 18th. So they have two first round picks that they need to go use on some defensive guys because that was their clear issue this year. Their offense was super explosive. Jared Goff had a career year. Swift. Um, yeah, Swift, Williams. St. Brown, Jamal Williams. They, they, they have a, a good enough offense to compete in the playoffs. They need to go draft some guys on the defensive end, and they absolutely have the ability to do that. So, yeah, I love that pick. If they can hit on those draft picks, they're going to be for real. Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson also was a huge That's bright right. spot on the defensive yeah. end. Uh, he was great all year. Uh, phenomenal pick there. So I think if they can get some secondary help, their secondary was fucking dog shit this year. Uh, yeah. You go out and you get a few good corners in the draft. Uh, and corners are the type of players that you know develop early as well. Uh, you, yeah, you, you can, can kind of play those guys yeah. Like you can trust them right away. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with those picks. But that'll do it for the show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. Um, and thank you so much for tuning in this NFL season. It was an unbelievable year uh, across the league. A um, lot of drama. And, and I think there'll be a ton of drama this offseason as well. Some big storylines this offseason coming up. So we'll definitely put out an episode talking about those. Uh, and where we expect a lot of these key names to end up. But Jordan, thank you for coming on, and uh, we'll see you guys next week.